1: When my son was six years old, I took him to a birthday party. And we was the only black people there, right? And I'm hearing people clapping, right? Go, 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 go! I looked in the middle of my son in there doing shit that would even part of his generation and shit. This at... nigga. What the fuck, Nigga, set our fucking family back with that shit. Like, look, nigga, get out that goddamn
0: circle. <laughs> you guys, it's a last laugh birthday party for Lil Rel Howery. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast. Lil Rel is turning 40 years old this week, and he's here to talk about his brand new HBO special, Live in Crenshaw. His friend and fellow comic, Gerard Carmichael, directed it, and it's unlike any other stand-up special released this year, or any other year for that matter. Gerard and Rel filmed it in a high school gym in the middle of the afternoon. As Rel performs his stream of consciousness material, we end up watching the sunset behind him until he's bringing down the house in near darkness. It's not only hilarious, but it's beautiful to watch as well. Rel tells me in this episode that he literally had no idea what he was going to say when he walked on stage. Unlike most comedians who methodically work out their sets months before taping a special, Rell just put trust in his talent and hoped for the best. The fact that it worked out as well as it did is kind of a miracle. And it's not like he had a lot of time to drop in at comedy clubs to prepare. Starting with 2017's Get Out, he provided comic relief as the TSA agent Rod. Rel has appeared in eight movies over the past three years as well as created and starred in his own sitcom for Fox and popped up in recurring roles on shows like Insecure and Southside. He's got at least seven more films coming out in 2020. So we were super lucky that he made time to be on our last new episode of 2019. But real quick, I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has been listening to The Last Laugh from the beginning and those who are checking it out for the first time today. If you haven't already, please help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also, please give us a follow on Instagram at Last Laugh Pot. And now, please enjoy my conversation with Lil Rel Howery. It's a good one. So thanks for coming in. Uh, we're talking the, the day before the HBO special drops. So how you, how you feeling? I'm um,
1: really excited. Um you know, it's still surreal to have an HBO special. Yeah. Um, but I'm just excited for the people to see. I mean, you know, when you've been looking at something for so long, at some point you like, I, I think it's good. I, I can't keep watching this. I need to see if anybody <laughs> else gonna like it. So, How long ago did you tape it? We taped it in July.
0: Oh wow! So it has been quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love the special. Um, I got to see the uh, screener of it uh, before this, and then I think by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be out, so we can talk about it, and oh, people cool. will have seen it. Um, but yeah, it, it it really it feels it looks very different from uh, other specials, which is good for standing out. I mean, and it you taped it during sort of in the afternoon into the evening in yeah. a in a high school gym. Yeah. So that was uh that was Gerard Carmichael's idea, or how did um, that kind of well come Gerard.
1: Up? He suggested to Jim, and then when I saw it, that's when I was asking him, like, yo, is there any way we could do it where the sun is setting?
0: Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? And he was like, yeah. Because that, be they have great. the big windows. They and That big window. When you see that window, it's just some interest, especially the way the light comes in. Like, are we able to, like, pop on, you know, a spotlight at the... End? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and this, the crazy thing is, I don't know if we even thought about, like, trying to do something different. It was just trying to create the environment that reminded me of the environments I did early in my career. Mm-hmm. So I would do those gyms and
0: during Mason, the day or uh, at halls. night.
1: Not do it wasn't about the time, but I mean yeah. I'm talking about the environment, yeah, the place. Yeah. Those were comedy shows mm-hmm. I, I've done earlier in my career. Yeah, and I thought that was cool to do to actually pay homage to. I mean, to the shows I did earlier in the chipman mm-hmm. circuit of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And you know the great thing about my career so far as I'm able to do, I'm doing all these movies and doing all this big stuff that I could literally just do the comedy special the way I wanted to do it and then need to make the special my big thing. Mm-hmm. It was just what I wanted it to be.
0: Yeah. Because you have so much else going on. It's, yeah. Does that feel like there's less writing on it because of that? Exactly. So yeah. I could
1: do what I want to do. Like, yeah. it's not like, you know, cause I think sometimes people put weight on their specials because they're like, the special gotta be great because this how mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my road gigs. This is how I'm gonna make my money.
0: Yeah and maybe it's the biggest thing they do all year. Exactly. That ain't Yeah. that
1: ain't my ministry. I was going to ask I mean <laughs> you're
0: you're so busy you're in so many things. Yeah. I mean how how did you have time to prepare for the special?
1: I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest with you. Um, cuz I toured the first few months earlier this year. And we cuz we were supposed to shoot this in March. Oh yeah. And Gerard's schedule and my schedule and we ended up couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had other films I was filming, so I didn't really have time to prepare for it. I I think I went up one day, a couple of days before we got to to this to shoot the special. I mm-hmm. went up one day, yeah. just one, just literally one day in Chicago, <laughs> and that was and that was just to kind of get the rust off,
0: yeah. But you'd you been performing in some clubs and stuff too, or not? No, not I didn't really. Bro,
1: I was shooting movies the whole time. Yeah. I didn't do any stand up. Wow. So, but that's not I mean, I've been doing this
0: almost yeah. 20 years, bro. Like, but you have to like, kind of like work breathing. out the material on your own. You have to know what you're going to say when you get up there, right? I didn't, or no? do, I didn't do any of that, bro. Yeah. I, I know of... it
1: sounds crazy, but, <laughs> but this is the thing about it. I've been doing this way too long to, like, not. It's like breathing to yeah. me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So all I asked was make sure that crowd got energy, and mm-hmm. we'll see where I go with it. Yeah. Because I didn't know where I was gonna go with it.
0: That's wild. Because yeah, most people they they work out their You yeah, know they're doing their specials on the road for a year before know, they take that's, them.
1: That's lame, man. Sometimes to me, I, I like, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just I and that's why like I'm glad like I'm glad I own like because even HBO they wanted the material for they usually do the legal reasons why they do it. But I'm like I'm not giving. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. They're like what. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a set. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do. they like, but real, we need. Man, I've been doing this 20. I know what legally I can't say. I I'm not yeah. dumb. I've been doing this too long. Mm.
0: Yeah. Trust I mean, me. <laughs> I think uh, I think what ends up being a big theme of the special is how uh, success and and fame has kind of Changed some of your relationships with your with your family and made things you know interesting things come out of that. Yeah. Um, so was that something that you knew you wanted to be a sort of uh, theme of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, because it's 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 telling a story. It's not even just telling like this like it's so funny when I describe it. For is my uncle with a good job. Mm-hmm. He not he's not necessarily rich, but he's the one that's been taking care of things. Yeah. And it was always you know it's perspective of when you become the guy that everybody calls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not even about fame or anything. It's like, yeah, uh, you become that person in your family. That's why even describing the top 15, it's really <laughs> just describing the real, you become one of the decision makers. It's mm-hmm. that transition. Family could be tough as shit. Like my family, they motherfuckers just found out I got money for real and shit. <laughs> I've been lying for like five years straight. <laughs> I ain't shit. I've been lying like a motherfucker. You know, I've been like, I, I ain't got it. You, let me tell you something. When you tell niggas you ain't got it, you better sound like it. You gotta sound like this. Look, look. I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't know what you heard, man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> taxes and everything. I ain't got it. You know what I mean?
0: When did you feel like that happened for you? I mean, when when did you become the the guy that everyone that everyone looks to in your family?
1: Well, the first thing was when my mom passed. Is when I got a chance to participate in that Top 15 meeting because mm-hmm. I was the oldest. And, you know, when my aunties and my uncles were sitting down trying to figure everything out and help us out. I had to be in that meeting. I'm like, yo, y'all been doing this? Like, I was excited. Kind of. I yeah. mean, it was wrong to be excited about it because it was my mom's, but it was like, at the same time, like, oh, they invited me to the grown mm-hmm. the grown people table and have a real conversation. I got to make plans. With yeah. You know, so that's where that came from. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. All the stories are not... It's not one story like I told it. These mm-hmm. are different stories. I decided to make it into one thing,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is
1: insane to me because I didn't, I didn't write it out like that. I kind of just, perf- I like this is what I like to do. I like to perform things and link everything together. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird thing I do. I, you know,
0: and you kind of let your stream of consciousness take you from just one like the thing to the other. Yeah, yeah. It just
1: go to whatever the next part of that world is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like my openers, Rito Brown and Jay Alexander, who toured me early in the year. When I used to do those I would do every show differently. Mm-hmm. So I needed somebody there to be like, "Hey man, what you did today with that was crazy. You changed the story." Cuz I would do it cuz it's weird. I would let like the characters mm-hmm. take over whatever this story is.
0: Yeah. I've you heard know. you say that you, you kind of black out when you, uh, when you, out when the, you do characters.
1: When I did the, the Dauphin Girlfriend, that might have been the first time I've ever done it. I was watching it yesterday like, yo, I
0: don't think I've ever done that nowhere else. Why
1: did I do <laughs> it on my special? Like You know what I mean? Like, why did I have that in? I, yeah. I didn't do it nowhere else.
0: Yeah. Um, and in terms of, of, <laughs> of helping you figure out what you, know, what you do want to do or how you want the special to go, how much does Gerard, who directed the special, play into that?
1: Uh, he just trusted me.
0: Mm-hmm. you know that
1: look I, I literally gerard believed in me in a way where it's like he was able to convince hbo that rail know what he's doing mm-hmm. so don't because everybody was they was everybody was a little they i know they was nervous man i'm yeah. telling you until the taping <laughs> i feel like afterwards everybody like Whew, that was great yeah well, what you thought was gonna be <laughs> a disaster yeah he in his gymnasium we shooting all film mm-hmm. it's hot
0: yeah we don't know what his set going yeah, you're, you're be. sweating through the whole thing. You can see that. Well, that's, that's <laughs> and that's dope though. Like, yeah,
1: that's, that's something Gerard really wanted to do on purpose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying he wanted the sweat. He mm-hmm. wanted to show that mm-hmm. because it has that rally feel to it. Like mm-hmm. you know, when you used to see Dr. King doing speeches in those churches, and mm-hmm. just, it just has that real feel. I mean, you watch Aretha Franklin's documentary. Um, what was it? What was it called Amazing Grace? I forgot what it was. Yeah, called. I think so. Yeah, and she's just sweating. The yeah. pastor who's hosting sweat. It wasn't nobody powdering them up. That was mm-hmm. just you just performed. Yeah. No matter how hot it was, and she was the biggest superstar in the world, was sweating her butt up mm-hmm. on that piano. Yeah. But there's something beautiful about seeing that because it seems real.
0: Yeah, and it shows the effort, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's perform. I mean, like, I had so much fun doing it. And, you know, Gerard is just brilliant at knowing what environment is for what comedian.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's done, a, he's directed a bunch of specials now, and they're all totally different. Um, it's you know, specific to yeah. who the comic yeah, is. Yeah, I did the one with no audience with, with, Drew. It, with yeah. Drew Michael. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah.
1: You know, Gerard is, Gerard is, someday he's going to get recognized <laughs> as the brilliant guy he is. I don't think he gets enough props to be quite yeah. honest
0: with you. Well, you, you've been collaborating with him for quite a while now. Yeah. How did you guys meet?
1: <laughs> the first time we met was at the Comedy Store. No, no, it was the Laugh Factory, actually. Well, maybe it was Comedy Store. One of the clubs. And he walked up to me beat-up afro, weird hoodie, skinny kid. <laughs> I'm like, who's this weirdo? And he's like, uh, look, I'm a big fan. Um, I'm like, all right, man, just chill, bro. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. leave me alone, you weirdo. <laughs> and uh, we started talking more. The more we talked, to, like, the more I saw, oh, he loves comedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we just we just talk. And that's so interesting. Like, him and Jermaine, all those guys, I'm much older than him. Like, yeah. I'm like 10 years almost them. And they all irritated me when I first met them. Yeah, they had this weird energy. They were so excited, but then also, I was weirded out by it because I was you know I was doing comedy with, like with bitter veterans for a long time. So yeah. I didn't know what nice people were like. Nice <laughs> comics was, and when I, when I got to know them, all of them, the Lucas brothers, all of them, man, I feel like it changed my career because I got a chance to meet the other comedy nerds.
0: Yeah, you feel, do you feel like you had more in common with the sort of younger yep. generation? Yeah, I and, felt like
1: that was my group. But I didn't know I was influencing them, which is yeah. interesting. You know, I you know, Hannibal is somebody who's one of my good friends. And mm-hmm. I met Hannibal when he first started. Like he yeah. opened for me. I did his college he was going at the time. I was mm-hmm. at to College. And uh you know, I He's watched another it, Chicago guy. Another West side of Chicago guy mm-hmm. also. Yeah. But I watched this guy, he ended up like influencing a bunch of comedians. Mm-hmm. It's a generational totally. comic style yeah. wise, everything that Hannibal is the influence. And that's just fascinating to me. Like, yo, like to be a big brother of that and then seeing just it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then you get a chance to work with these other very creative guys. Like I I love the group of comedians I work with. From mm-hmm. Gerard to the bros to Jermaine to Joshua Benowitz you know rest peace to Kevin Barnett like we all kept that really tight knit with all of us and that's why everything always to me felt like it was my voice I've never felt like I've done anything that didn't feel like it was me
0: nothing mm-hmm. yeah um, so you you obviously worked with Gerard on the on Carmichael show um, was that a was that a sort of big deal at the time to to uh, yeah, to Chicago, get that NBC mm-hmm.
1: yes <laughs> that, yeah that, you know, a series regular role on mm. a show. You know, and I remember when Gerard got the deal the first time, he's so laid back about everything. He's like, yeah, NBC. I'm like, NBC <laughs> gave you a deal? Yeah. Why you sound so chill about it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like the first time I, like, because it was two different versions of the Carmichael show. The first version of it was about him and his friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I he had me like audition and, and read for it. I killed the audition, but I changed the character into what I wanted it to be. And I remember NBC loved me, the other producers did, and I was like, well, so why haven't I got the, the callback for this? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, Gerard, Gerard, he, he didn't like the way you did the character. I said, what? <laughs> he called me to do this. Yeah. So I called him, like, hey man, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> he like, yeah, really? I mean, the way I wrote it, because he's so, he knows exactly yeah. what stuff is. And I'm like, all right, whatever, brother. It's, it's your show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then he changed it into a family. Okay. Right? Yeah. And that's when he was like, all right, bro, come read Bobby. Do it the way you did it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, I just went and tested for it. I didn't even um, I didn't audition. They just had mm-hmm. me come straight to a test.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'll never forget testing that. That was the first time I got applause. In a text, oh yeah, in a test. and it was like laugh, like loud laughing it from the
0: and who's in there? Just like the, the producers, execs, the producers ex-
1: yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I walked out of there like I don't know who else going after this, but yeah, I think this is mine. Yeah, that must have felt good. It felt. I mean, that's what I met Amber for the first time. Amber Stevens West. We was both like we met and we talked the whole time before our screen mm-hmm. test. You almost knew who was going to be on this. Yeah, on this show, we all just fit. We just gel so well together. And then even the way Tiffany got the show, you know. Tiffany was just our Yeah, first. Tiffany had. She us, wasn't yeah. even on the show. Yeah, she came in because the the girl they casted at first was still doing this play
0: mm-hmm. and
1: couldn't come to none of the rehearsals and table reads. So Tiffany was just supposed to be a one table read. Yeah, she was great. Everybody loved her. Then She came back Then we needed we needed some help with the rehearsals. Like I remember Loretta, Loretta. I forgot the young lady who, who who role it was supposed to be, but Loretta was like, she should have been here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was crazy because when old girl finally came. And we had Tiffany for like a couple weeks now. Yeah. And you got used to it. Like, I yeah. think hey, this is Lakeisha. When the real, you know, casting came, it was so funny. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. And I remember Tiffany came on set because she had an audition. Everybody was so happy to see it, even with the, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the actress who was supposed to be there. And it's just a true story. And I wasn't even out the lot yet. Mm-hmm. When Tiffany called me and said they replaced. Oh, I'm like, she's still on set. They just do she know she replaced? <laughs> they offered you. To, she I just wow. left her. Just She's right 600 feet. Jesus, this
0: is crazy business. Well, they knew. They knew Tiffany had it.
1: <laughs> Tiffany, that's why, man, you better show up. Don't mm-hmm. be letting somebody read you thinking like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I ain't never seen nothing like that before yeah.
0: and that's I mean the cast on that show is unbelievable and, and the, the stuff that you guys were tackling and the issues and I mean it's just it's, I thought it was really fascinating the most and, underrated and, yeah. television show ever that's on what on I was television. gonna kind of ask is like do you think it didn't it it got respect NBC, NBC but didn't did get maybe the, it. Well, the, the support, support yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. the
1: people loved it yeah but you gotta have the network
0: help mm-hmm. you too you and they were kind of moving it around and doing yeah, that thing they, and, they, like, yeah. they like
1: yeah the Superstore is the best comedy on NBC like
0: <laughs> what yeah. So
1: we have this show that's, that's talking about real things that's happening. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see breakout stars come from this show. Yeah. But yet you promote the, you know what I'm saying? double. And
0: that's
1: why Gerard was, I, you know, he walked away from it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't understand that. Like, well, why did he leave? well? Also, he felt like all of us should be paid more too.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, they weren't willing to do that. They weren't willing to do They was just, They was. they was playing us, man. First it was NBC, then it was Fox. Coming up, Rel talks about getting his own show and why he wasn't exactly upset when it got canceled. That did lead directly uh, to to you getting your own show on Fox, Rel. Yeah. um, And Gerard was involved in that as well. Um, and I know, you know, I know you you would have wanted an, or I think you would have wanted a, another season or for it to keep going, but I don't know, how do man. you how do you feel about it now?
1: Well this is I don't know even that. I think it's a couple of things. I mean more or less than anything, especially when Kevin passed. Kevin Barnett who helped create the show, yeah. right? It it was just I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it would have if I would have been comfortable coming mm-hmm. back. Because mm-hmm. I did it with my friends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, he was a huge part of it, actually, mm-hmm. like, like a huge part of it. Yeah. That's who I would talk to every day. That's who Josh and Kevin mm-hmm. are brilliant. And so it was just weird. It felt, it might sound crazy, and I know some people are like, man, what, what? I'm like, bro, I, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the next time I come back to television, though, I want to come with two shows. And I, what I mean by that is... Is being paired the right way? Yeah, you know they put me on with the cartoons on Sunday, and then even they only promoted the animation. It didn't thought. feel like it fit. It there. didn't feel it. Feel like they was just like, here you go. Like I, you know, it didn't it didn't make any sense. Why I wasn't with Tim Allen? You know, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a comedy night of sitcoms. Like yeah, you just didn't create a sitcom, and that's what I'm saying. Next time I do this again. I'm going to try to come with two shows so I can have my own lead in.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, sort of network versus, you know, doing something on Netflix or doing something on HBO? Or, do, you know, do you have a feeling of like. It depends on what
1: type of show it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, multicam is, you know, it works better on network, you know, yeah. to be honest with you. But if I think the next show I do is a single cam show. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I don't even care where it goes. I just want to go where I got freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you I guys to, were very much own, behi- behind HBO. the multi cam thing, Gerard, and you and, and I think you you I, you stand by the the sort of value of that as a as an art form and as a sort of different art form. Right? It's a lot
1: of work though having your own show though. Yeah, you know, I, I think if anything, I learned you know, and I did a lot, mm-hmm. and I put a lot. It was probably the most stressful I've ever been because you have to do. You really don't have no life. Yeah. You Know it's the show mm-hmm. every every you, you rehearse, you go to the writer's room, do you in there for hours, are you going through everything again? Do you go home? You wake up, you do all the acting stuff, you don't know, acting stuff now, you gotta do producing stuff, yeah, make all these decisions. Now you're talking to casting about who you want to do this with. Uh, now you're back in the writer's room for the next few, it's just it's, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it was fun to do, but at the same time, it was stressful.
0: Is there an element of relief when it doesn't get picked up? It was for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I hate to say, I mean, it might yeah. sound crazy, but all I did was end up doing a bunch of movies. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. This is very. I'll come back to television. Mm-hmm. Even maybe more as a producer and a writer mm-hmm. than maybe even yeah. starring. in I don't. I don't know yet. You
0: had uh, you had Sinbad on the show. Oh my God, so funny! Do you have any good Sinbad stories from uh, Sinbad. from your time time See, with him?
1: It's just funny all the time. Yeah. You know. I mean, the only thing that surprised me that he cursed in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hey, say mad curses. Yeah, you know, but he, he, man, he's such a legend. Yeah, and one of those once again, one of those people out there underappreciated. Mm-hmm. He's so his timing is so good; it is absurdly crazy to watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So i I'm still like, I can't even believe that I don't cool with him bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you stay
0: in touch. Yeah, that's awesome. He's
1: he's turned. He's like a second dad for yeah. real. He's a real dad guy, Mm -hmm. that's my comedy father.
0: Yeah, who were sort of your, when you were growing up or or starting to think about wanting to be a comedian, who were the comics who you really looked up to and and thought, you know, oh, if I could be like them or?
1: I mean, Eddie, Eddie is the, mm -hmm. you know. yeah That's why, you know, it's so funny because you hear a lot of comedians like, yeah, Eddie Murphy, but then you watch their material, like, (laughs) where, where Eddie influenced you at?
0: Um, yeah, you can definitely see it in your material with characters and in the story uh, and it's, the family. It's, it's and, a yeah. simple, delirious mm-hmm. blueprint. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's, it's uh, the daddy, the, the drunk daddy at the barbecue. Yeah, are you excited to see him come back? Uh, he's doing SNL can, and then he's doing I uh, special. I and... wait to see
1: Eddie Murphy come back. And this thing, I hope he sees my special. He's the only one I haven't had a real conversation with yet. Like, oh, I've met mean, yeah. with all my heroes, mm-hmm. he's been the only one. Yeah that I just want to sit down and rap with. I would even, I don't know if he had noticed, but like, I'm a good comic to, like, if you about to come, hey man, I'm a good comic to like, sit down with if you want, want somebody to look at it. And, Cause I, yeah, Stupidy Dobos, brother. I know what. I know yeah. What, I know what this style is. What
0: advice would you give to him if on on coming on making his sort of comeback and and doing a new special?
1: Don't go away from what made you the legend, man. I want to see him tell stories and do characters. Mm-hmm. Eddie is still hysterical. Like yeah. if you watch interviews, just mm-hmm. interviews alone. Yeah. Effortless, like without. He's still mm-hmm. probably the funniest person yeah. in the
0: room. So going back to when you when you were starting out as a comedian though, what what uh, what do you remember about sort of the first the first time you got on stage or the first kind of jokes that you were telling? What was your material like then? Do you feel like it was similar to what you're doing now? Or, uh, well, this
1: is interesting. No, I think at first I tried to do the joke thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was joking about wearing glasses. Like, I'm like, yeah. Well, I think my first hit bit was. Um, like when you get glasses when you get to a fight people never threaten to just punch you in the face they always threaten to knock your glasses off <laughs> so it'll be like, like, be like I was like yeah I'll be with my friends they don't have no glasses like hey man you say someone punch you in the face you say someone punch you in the stomach and you're gonna knock your damn glasses off your face like what <laughs> you can't hit me like everybody else Um, yeah that was that was the bit <laughs> but then you know I, I lived with two other comedians at the time uh, uh, Michi Hall and Brian the Wildcat Smith and I used to tell these stories all the time. We would be on road trips, and I'd just be talking about my family and stuff, all, mm-hmm. and they'd be in tears laughing. Yeah. And they'd be like, dude, why are you not doing this on mm-hmm. stage? Yeah. I'm like, I ain't nobody care about my family like that. They're like, dude, this stuff is hysterical. Yeah. And I used to just, literally we'd be on the road going to different places, and I'd just be telling all these stories like I do now. And then one day, I think they just irritated me of picking on me about not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I just went up there and like, well, let's see if they laugh at it. And I went on stage and I was talking about my mom smoking cigarettes. And it just, it killed. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was like me when I was like maybe like three or four years in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that
0: those first few years you were just, you were trying I'm to do just the joke bits, thing. and Yeah. yeah. And then, it, did you feel like it changed after it you changed, started telling those stories? Yeah, it changed yeah. everything
1: because it was crazy. It, it, that's what I was meant to do anyway. Mm-hmm. I was already literally doing it. Like we'll have, like we'll have girls at the house, and I'll be doing characters for like the whole time, like, making up. Like I made up this garbage man character one day. It was just, it was just crazy. But everybody was like do the garbage man. <laughs> but it was only only if you was at the houses when you saw it. Yeah, you know. So it's that's very interesting. When I think about that now. Like them dudes pushed me to like to be myself on stage and tell my stories and where I'm from and that's what ended up being my whole blueprint to everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you do you feel like there was a, a big break moment in your in your career in the sort of in the earlier part of your career?
1: I think it was a couple breaks. I think you get up think you get a few of them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the first time I ever did television was BT's Comic View. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal to me. You know what I mean? We shot it in New Orleans. Uh and this was before Katrina. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting now because it was such a different energy than that happened and it was just but um, I remember they they messed my name up on the check Yeah. so they had to give me cash and I ain't never been to New Orleans before I spent every dime on Bourbon Street that night mm-hmm. <laughs> I owe people money <laughs> I spent every dime because I didn't know it was that lit I was just like yeah, yeah let's I was just kicking it
0: you are like I made it
1: I made it and then went back home broke <laughs> <laughs>
0: And hey, so that fifty dollars you owe yeah. me. I'm like, man.
1: So what uh, was the next one after that? I see. And now, and that one of the reasons, once again, that was only because I never taped nothing. And they used mm-hmm. to give us our tape too. So I brought the, the, the literally the, the day you tape, they give you a mm-hmm. cassette tape, a video VHS tape to take home. So my whole neighborhood came to my house to watch me on Comedy View. I'm like, yo, look at me. <laughs> I don't even know if it aired, but I had the tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like it just you know I, you know I kept taping stuff here and there like Bad Boys of Comedy and all mm-hmm. these different things. And then Who Got Jokes happened. Mm-hmm. Bill Bellamy's Who Got Jokes. And that started changing everything when I won an episode in Chicago. I beat out uh, one of the, the top Chicago comics at the time. And I was still up and coming, but I beat them mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's about to be my city. Um, you know, once again, it's these little breaks. And then Last Comic Standing to me was a break... Um, but who got jokes in the last comedy to me was at the same time. I learned a lot about myself too, as far as like being okay with not changing my material because I got eliminated. And I remember the judges was like, you know, he just told one story. And it's more like a sketch because you stayed in character and this and that. Like basically telling me that wasn't stand up. Mm. But I'm like, I've been doing this like this. Y'all ain't never heard of Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Cause you know, if you watch Last Comic Standing, everybody who has those quick bits mm-hmm. are the ones who do really well on there. Yeah, and um, you know, I remember taking that as a gut shot, but then it made me go harder. Like, no, nah, I ain't changing my style. Like, you don't get you in your yeah. jokes. Yeah, jokey jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you weren't going to let Last Comic Standing uh, nah. change change the way you you went about nope. things,
1: and I didn't. You know, and then you know the Just for Last Festival you know be, making new faces there and I, it's so crazy that me and dan soda both have the specials on yeah. hbo we were both new faces unwrapped mm-hmm. we was the first time they did that yeah you know because i think you know all the other new faces had reps so they was able to become new faces new faces mm-hmm. that first unwrapped group they had us performing in weird places it was mm-hmm. <laughs> really really what nobody did half the time yeah but me and soda stood out we met in new york showcased it Yeah, he
0: was just on this show Man, that's that's what
1: yep. I man. It's so crazy. I was just talking to him about it. I was like, yo, you remember like how we met? Like we were just the funniest out of whatever. We both thought each other was the funniest. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you're great. And then we became friends. So that's what's so crazy. Even watch us now at HBO specials, and we were new faces unrepped. That first, the unreps is dope now. Like mm-hmm. I go see the shows now. It's all it's very it's organized, it's a great audience. Man, when you was unrepped, man, it was like <laughs> <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's like you almost wasn't real. Yeah. Like, they go to on reps <laughs> Put them in the van. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that was a moment like when I did and then I, I, In Living Color happened. Mm-hmm. Right? And you this know, was like an
0: In Living Color reboot? The reboot, yeah, yeah.
1: I got casted on that and that was a big, that was a big deal because that's how I got my that's how Hollywood started messing mm-hmm.
0: with me. Were you were you a huge In Living Color fan? Huge fan. Yeah. I was
1: I couldn't believe it was coming back. Like that's mm-hmm. I remember calling Damon Jr., like, man, can you give your uncle my tape? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how to all cause it was they ended up finding me. Mm-hmm. Like they literally was looking at somebody else's video on YouTube, the producer, Shauna Gar, and my video popped up after you know how to have a suggestion. She mm-hmm. was like, What is this? And she ended up just binging it and then showing Keenan. Wow. I was having a terrible all, day all because of YouTube, because of YouTube, and wow. it wasn't even a video I posted. Yeah,
0: it was so stuff some, somebody there, else yeah. randomly taped mm-hmm. and put out there, mm-hmm.
1: which I was mad about for years. I am like, "Well, mm-hmm. it helped." I guess it helped. You.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, what was but, your experience actually on that on that show, man?
1: One of the still to this day one of the greatest experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Keiondre Williams is one of my heroes. Yeah, and to have him handpick me—I mean, the process was crazy, and I brought it every time. Like, mm-hmm. even when I showcased in New York, you know, all the New York comics had family and friends come out. I had nobody. It was just me and my manager Knowledge Beckham at the time. And I saw people trying not to laugh at me
0: because mm-hmm.
1: they wanted to make sure they, they people got the laugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <They> like... <laughs> so, like, to bring that out of it. Yeah. That's why, once again, I watched the special. I'm sweating like that. That's when you know I'm I'm bringing it. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. I was drich, dripping sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Get out state, Never met Shawna Gar before. She come hugging me. I'm like, who's this lady? She's like, I'm Shawna Gar. I'm like, oh, thank you for this. She's like, Keenan loves you. He loves you. But this—that's that's what I love about the Wayans. Them dudes got poker faces. Yeah. So she telling me Keenan loved me. Thought I was great. After the show, I go up to him like, what up, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was cool.
0: She said, okay. <laughs> Rel kept nailing those auditions. Coming up, he tells us how he landed the part in Get Out that changed his career. So what I want to do now uh, is kind of go through some of your other projects that have happened over in the last few years that we didn't get to talk about yet. Um, and if kind of a, a memory or, or story jumps jumps to mind. Um, but I want to start with Get Out, which was obviously another big break for you yeah. on the acting front. And you've kind of, I feel like since then, have done tons of movies and you have a lot more coming up. Yeah. So how did you... How did you end up connecting with, with Jordan Peele, and how did that actually happen?
1: He told me well, one, well it was interesting. Me and Jordan met at the Just So Last Festival. Oh, okay. so we met the first yeah. time. One random year too we both mm-hmm. we both was lit and just partying. Yeah. We, we 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 was like best friends that day. It was kinda weird. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. me and Jordan just, just talking like, fam, this is what it is, bro. We just like and we saw each other again at another uh party, uh Steven Spielberg do those like emmy oscar parties mm-hmm. where it's like it's like crazy and like makes everybody you, it makes you it's the most nervous i usually get because yeah. you see everybody mm-hmm. like what well, is tom cruise like, you know it's like this is this is weird mm-hmm. um and he was telling me he wrote a horror film and i was like oh okay cool man <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that brother yeah uh but then he started describing it to me mm-hmm. and i'm like oh wait you really oh you serious this sounds crazy bro yeah He's like, yo, yo, I may have you come in for it. I'm like, bro, I'd definitely love to come in for it. And my agent hit me up to come in for it. And I started, when I read it, the sides, I'm like, why does it sound like me? <laughs> and I'm dead serious. I was reading it like, yeah. yo, this sounds like me. I got hypnotized last night. Nigga, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yo, 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 yeah, yeah, to quit smoking. But it was Rose's mom's a psychiatrist, so. Bro, I don't care if the bitches are Yana Von Zant, OK? She can't fix my motherfucking life. You ain't getting in my head. I know she called me off guard, right? But it's cool because I'm cured. It worked. Bro, how you're not scared of this, man? Look, they could've made you do all types of stupid shit. They'd have you fucking barking like a dog, flying around like you're a fucking pigeon, looking ridiculous, okay? Or, I don't know if you know this, white people love making people sex slaves and shit yeah I'm pretty sure they're not a kinky sex family dog look Jeffrey Dahmer was eating the shit out of niggas heads okay but that was after he fucked the heads do you think they saw that shit coming hell no
0: yeah I was gonna ask that cause there's there is so much of you in that character in Rod and so I wanted to know is it I was like if is, I don't book this yeah. movie I'm a terrible actor how much did you <laughs> bring to that or was it all really on the page as as you
1: this is what I ended up finding out later right watching interviews with Jordan that mm-hmm. he wrote Wrote it with me in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's why you I, could tell. I mean, it was my cadences is how I deliver yeah. stuff. I'm like, what is the sound like mm-hmm. me? And then when, when I got into that room, I really booked the road. Not even from the funny stuff. is when we did the original ending in the audition room. Mm-hmm. And that was, was
0: part. Of the original ending was part of the audition. Yeah. Because that's a that's an intense. That's it's an intense, intense scene. scene. That's yeah.
1: the that's what that's how I booked it.
0: Yeah. Oh wow.
1: And I remember being done with that scene because, you know, I remember at the time it was very emotional to do it, mm-hmm. you know, especially what ended up happening. And I was outside trying to get my whatever back, waiting on my Uber. And Jordan Peele walked out there like, look, I ain't supposed to say this, but uh, it's yours. I'm like, we, we gonna-. <laughs> but I'm like, my friends in there about to audition. She's like, yeah, don't worry. It's yours. I'm like, what? And I end up just walking down the street like, I don't even know how far I walked. I was so happy. This mm-hmm. and me, this me not even knowing what this was going to be. I yeah. was just so happy that like something I believed in, I was able to book. Mm-hmm. I walked for blocks. Yeah, just tearing up like just so thankful. And man. even
0: then, you had no idea what no it would idea. become.
1: I but I felt it's so crazy that I'm telling you this. Yeah. I felt something, but I didn't know what mm-hmm. what that was. Yeah, and I, I, all of us did. I think until the trailer came out and we was doing reshoots, reshooting the ending. Mm-hmm and you know we were all like at like dinner just having drinks or something and i'm like yo, i think this is about to be a thing bro
0: yeah so so for people who for anyone who doesn't know the original ending uh you're visiting him in jail yeah
1: chris i really need to impress on you the importance of remembering some of those names okay to finally leave us much to work with i don't remember All right, look. I just take it from the top, walk me through it again. Right. I'm good. I stopped him. You know. I
0: stopped him. It's this very intense kind of And he's giving up on it. He's like, hey
1: man. Even though he he's innocent, really. He defended himself. Yeah. But to to sit there and say like It is what it is. So
0: how did, so when you, how did you you find out, how did you find out that it was going to change and and that what'd you think of the new ending when you, when you heard about it?
1: I'm glad, like when I saw the original cut with the original ending, it was just a different feeling when you watched it. I was angry. I couldn't even sleep because it was like, damn man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when Jordan came up with this, Better ending, which I mean, you know, the ending is perfect. The, the it's because it's a movie, man. Yeah. We, uh, we already, I mean, but this also too. This is why, like, you know, when Queen and Slim come out, mm-hmm. you know, it, <laughs> it ain't doing it's not, you know, they they like, nah, this is how we're gonna end it, yeah. Well, it's know? a
0: different kind of movie, too. Well, you know, yeah, in a way, yeah,
1: and no, actually, yeah. the, the the result ain't it's a different type of movie as far as like one, it's more of a love story, Queen mm-hmm. and Slim, but as far as you know the black plight
0: yeah <laughs> same, same story thing. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so how do
0: you how do you think the movie would have been do you think the reception to get out in a wider audience would have been much different if the original if he'd kept the original ending
1: i think so i think it wouldn't have been as main i think it have did well but i don't think as far as oscar nominated yeah. I, don't I think know you're right it, i don't know if it would have happened if it, we would have left it that way yeah That's it's
0: interesting yeah, yeah it is interesting um uh, the next one I wanted to touch on is the uh, the Jay Z's Moonlight video, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm just fascinated by how that how that happened.
1: Gerard, yeah, Gerard Carmichael, uh, who's really cool with Jay Z.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, was <laughs> it his idea?
1: Well, it was Gerard and like Shaka Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. I think they were mm-hmm. just talking about it, and uh, yeah, you know, and that was surreal to do. That mm-hmm. first of all, the group again, yeah. right? Yeah, the group Lakeith. Tessa, Tiffany, uh, Gerard, me,
0: Issa. That was crazy. And you're recreating Friends, of course. Yeah, and then, uh. you know, what's my man? who played
1: Joey, for real. I forgot his name.
0: Uh, Matt LeBlanc. He like he almost
1: had, like, a problem with me playing him. Really? Kimmel, what do you say? And Kimmel showed the clip. And it, 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 uh, I think Matt was like, hey, I'm not that big or something, <laughs> something crazy. I'm like, bro. Like, for, like, I didn't like the way he looked at it, too. He looked mm-hmm. at it like, hmm. Yeah. And what they don't realize is... With the video version we reenacted their episode mm-hmm. which is like whatever. Yeah. We did a version that we didn't film of us just change like same episode, but us doing it with our dialect and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, it was twenty times funnier than the episode that actually aired.
0: Why? Why do you think that that one didn't didn't? Uh, I don't know they why didn't they didn't want to do that. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but that was it was. It, I wish we would have did that just so it could be there. It was yeah. hysterical. Or if like, it gets,
0: uh, it
1: was hysterical. Yeah, yeah.
0: The other the other movie that you were in that became a, a crazy phenomenon, Bird Box. Yeah, which I think you get a lot of questions about. <laughs> yeah because people are uh, obsessed with that movie did you have did you have any idea when you were filming that 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 would be a a phenomenon
1: i don't know if it was gonna be a phenomenon but i knew it was gonna be good it was such a good cast man yeah you know you got john Makovich, like mm-hmm. which that became one of my favorite people to talk to every day mm-hmm. he's a big basketball fan oh, like yeah? me and like he's a legit like because everybody be talking like they're a basketball fan mm-hmm. but, but Yeah, we was talking about like Chicago high school basketball players, and he knew. Yeah, yeah, Roddy Fields was great. I'm like, what? Like, he knew. (laughs) We would talk every morning basketball for hours Mm, in Harriman. Yeah, me and John (laughs) McElveen. That's fun. To the point, he started helping. He's a me Chicago too. guy too. Man, that dude is a worldwide guy. Yeah, that man has a winery and like some crazy. <laughs> like he has a, he's like a spy. Yeah, he lives like a spy. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him since the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody ain't seen him. He ain't yeah. come to the premieres. No way. yet
0: he disappeared.
1: He but he was so cool. Sandra Bullock. Oh, she's so amazing. And, yeah, you know, every once in a while I text her and just check on her. She's just she's so dope. Uh, Trevante. Rosa, Machine Gun Kelly, like we all became Mm -hmm. friends because this the way the way the director shot it. We was in that house for real, like, and Mm -hmm. we all died in order. Yeah, so when somebody died, they was gone. Yeah, you ain't see them no more. You didn't. (laughs) They didn't even say bye.
0: You shot the movie in order so for that crazy. reason. It was crazy. It
1: was that's why it was so intense for us. That's mm-hmm. why it looked like it was real to us because yeah. it felt like because at some point we didn't even know what time it was. was we was in mm-hmm. the house the whole
0: time. Yeah, it was like almost like Big Brother or something. Yo, it
1: was crazy. Yes, <laughs> we had lunch in there. I'm serious too.
0: Like they wouldn't let us leave. Yeah, and I think she did that because it kept us with that whatever that mm-hmm. energy was. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why I was so paranoid after I was done with it.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. What were you paranoid about? Because
1: it, it felt like the that was, it started feeling real to yeah. me, actually. <laughs> because just the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. So I would go home and still have like these thoughts of like this thing is happening. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> I had to get myself out of it. Watching Jim Carrey's documentary uh, about him when he did the man on oh, the yeah, bone joint. yeah, yeah. That's what helped me get
0: mm-hmm.
1: out of, get out of it. Yeah. Yeah cuz he almost went insane. You can't help it if you're yeah. diving into those worlds mm. like that, you know what I'm saying? It's it's almost dangerous. Mm. Um, but yeah.
0: You have so many movies coming up. Um is there anything that you're what are you what are you working on right now and what are you kind of excited about? You have one with Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. So I've shot I shot
1: 8 movies this year.
0: That's insane.
1: <laughs> Which is and they all like dope too. Like it ain't like it's like some it's like crazy. So like mm. um Shoot, what did I shoot this year? I did The Photograph, which comes out Valentine's Day weekend. I did with Issa Rae, Leukee mm-hmm. Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Fatherhood, I did with Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Did a movie called Home with Kathy Bates. It's a drama. It's really good. Uh, it's actually what I'm doing ADR for when I leave here. Oh, yeah. Um, Free Guy, which is, I think, the biggest movie I've ever done. I did with yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah. Sean Levy, directing. That comes out 4th of July weekend uh, next year. I mean, it's... It looks amazing. Yeah. That'll be a big movie. It's going to be huge, bro. I, I, I don't even like to say that up front, yeah. but it, it is. It is mm. what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, What else I got? I got Bad Trip with Eric Andre and Tiffany Haddish coming out next oh, wow. year. The prank movie, which is... <laughs> I'll probably never do a prank movie again. <laughs> Because it's, it's too- It was real? Uh, it's real crazy, things? man.
0: Yeah. because yeah. yeah. Was that Eric Andre's movie? Yeah, yes. Wow. He wrote- I'm excited for that. Starring in. It's <laughs> <be> crazy. Wild. <laughs> it, it, is, it was wild, bro. Yeah. It was one of the- I almost quit the first day. Really? Because it was too out there? Man, or?
1: we almost got killed. <laughs> I was like, yo, I didn't sign up for this.
0: How Can you tell that story? Yeah. I mean, it was.
1: it's a scene where we in a barbershop. Well, <laughs> yeah, I say this. Mm-hmm. We was in a barbershop scene and- you know, we're stuck in this Chinese trap together, but you'll see what, mm. how we're stuck. Yeah. we Now, they told us this is the barbershop with the security and the cameras. Mm-hmm. They sent us to the wrong barbershop. Mm-hmm. So we walk in there. It ain't no security, no cameras. <laughs> the dude sees us walking in asking asks questions. He gets mad, grabs his blade. Yeah. It almost looked like he was looking for a gun, couldn't find it. Yeah. Grabbed his blade. Chase the anger in his eyes. I'm like, (laughs) we about to die. So he chases out the shop. I fall to the ground. I hit my elbow. He got the knife over me like this. The cop that we had be secured had to almost tackle him to stop
0: him. Oh, my God.
1: And I was like, I remember just walking off set. I called an Uber back to my hotel. I called my manager. I said, hey, man, I quit. Mm -hmm. I almost got killed the first day. (laughs) I don't want to do this no more. This is insane. Eric Andre is my friend, but he can kiss my butt. I'm dying. Did he
0: talk you back into it?
1: yeah he ca- i don't know how he did too because i was when i tell you i was
0: done because
1: mm-hmm. i told her i said look we can't be coming to the hood with these pranks
0: mm-hmm. and it's secure <laughs> yeah you gotta up the security these hood
1: dudes gonna react differently yeah the man was gonna kill us
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then he signed the release like oh man i almost killed y'all man I'm Like
0: what he just wants to be in the movie
1: he'd even but i'm just thinking yeah. about that he didn't even know that at first that yeah. it was a movie yeah. he was going to kill us yeah Found out it was a movie, signed the release, like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I actually really was gonna kill y'all, man.
0: That's crazy.
1: Jesus. I was like, yeah, but that that was, and it, look, it was a lot of it's very intense doing a prank movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and Eric is used to doing that. And when you're not used to doing all these crazy pranks, I'm like, bruh, some of this stuff is this is going, we gotta yeah. no. That's this wild is, this is too much. But well, it's a it's really be fun, funny. Though. Yeah. It's crazy funny.
0: Yeah um awesome well the the way we end uh is i ask comedians who's the funniest person you've ever worked with Ooh, so so who is someone who you've you've been on set with or just uh just they just you know killed you with comedy
1: mm, dang. i think it's several people who's you can the...
0: you can mention more than one if it's a yeah
1: um uh... The funniest person ever, well, Tiffany's one of the funniest people I've Mm, ever worked with because Tiffany's hysterical. Um, Gerard is really funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just a really funny guy. Uh, David Allen Greer. Mm hmm. Sinbad is hysterical. Hugh Moore. Oh, yeah. He played the bartender on my show. Mm hmm. Hugh is one of the funniest people in the world to me. Uh, Jermaine is crazy. He's so funny. Man, I worked with so many funny people, man. Yeah, you have. Uh, who was this for? Ryan Reynolds is funny. You know who else is funny? Ben Affleck
0: is actually.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, just off camera, he's just. Can you? He, what, did, what's he, what's he, an example
0: of Ben Affleck he's being usually,
1: funny? He literally was. He was doing this Donald Trump impersonation really? the other day for like <laughs> the whole day, and it was really good. But it was. It came out of nowhere actually, which I was like, okay. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> He just started like saying his tweets like it it was just out of like I don't know what we was talking about in between (laughs) takes and he just started doing it and it was hysterical. He's just a funny he's actually a really funny guy. Yeah. Um, I work with so many funny people man. You know I don't know everybody's been pretty much dope to me. Mm -hmm. Like Everybody. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. JB Smooth, you know. Yeah. Anybody that makes me laugh, like, a lot is that dude. Mm-hmm. He is one of the funniest people I've ever, like, yeah. talked to. Yeah, he just, he's
0: just is who he is.
1: And, he look, man, and, it, is yeah. it is what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it in. I, he met me before I even had kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they was born, I think it was Brittany was a baby And uh, they met us at lunch in Chicago, him and his wife. (laughs) And this is Jamie Spoon just looking at my baby. Look at that baby. Look at Lil Ral got a baby. Look (laughs) at that baby. You his baby. Look at that baby. Got you a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Look at that baby. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That dude makes me laugh a lot. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. It was fun. Cool. Thank you to Lil Ral Howry for being my guest on our last new episode of the year. Keep an eye on this feed over the holidays for some special treats, and we'll be back with brand new episodes in January. Live from Crenshaw is now streaming on HBO Go and HBO Now, and look out for Lil Rel in pretty much all of the movies coming out next year. If you enjoy the show, please tell your friends and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. And please follow at Last Laugh Pod on Instagram. The Last Laugh is distributed by Himalaya Media for The Daily Beast. It is produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch for Starburns Audio and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell. Our theme music is by Claude. You can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, the Himalaya app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. Hope you have a great holiday and see you soon.